0: For money, luck, and protection. Irish moss helps you go the right direction. Yes, this mossy friend from the Emerald Isle will bring in money for a while. Simply sprinkle a bit beneath your rugs and surely your home shall increase in luck. Or if you are a bit obese, some Irish moss may help your weight decrease. If you're traveling along the way, carry Irish moss to keep you safe. Or if your breath is quite a mess, drink a tea of this moss and you shall be blessed. Greetings, welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. This is a debatably comedic podcast about mysticism, spirituality, and magic. My name is Amanda Holstein. I am a former stand-up comedian turned what am I even (laughs) Uh, turned what I always was. I'm a person. How about that? My name is Amanda Holstein and I am a person. I am a spiritual seeker, mystical magician in training. It's like the more that I learn about magic, the more I realize that there's very little that I know, in fact. (laughs) And... As I dive into my studies and practice of the mysteries, I realize how much is set up to keep us from understanding further depths. So there's a process and that process entails surrender. When I underwent the rite of Abermellon, in the final seven days, there's a process where um, one wears a sackcloth and puts ashes on one's head and prays Psalm 6. And it's essentially the death of the ego so that when one calls on the holy guardian angel to become crowned, that it's then the Holy Spirit, the holy guardian angel that guides the mystic magician in the path ahead. And how important that death of ego is. And a lot of it really can save one from further embarrassment. (laughs) I was thinking last night how I'm sure I'll look back on where I'm at now, even in probably a year or five years, and be like, boy, I didn't know anything back then. (laughs) just like how I look back on myself a year or two years ago and think, wow, I've really come a long way. Hopefully, future me will look on past what is currently present me, whatever that is, with compassion, just as I look at myself with the eyes of compassion now and realizing how important humility is in this spiritual path, there are things that I can do. Thing, There are things that I do know how to do. I do have a godmother. Her name is Mama Eve. Shout out to Mama Eve. She's um, based out of Baltimore, Maryland, and you could check her out on YouTube. She has an awesome YouTube um, about really hoodoo and practicing hoodoo. And she, uh, you know, how to, how to do love spells, money spell, how to make a money bowl, how, you know, your basic folk magic recipes and practices. And so I do know how to do some things. Mama teaches me a lot. And she teaches me also about connecting with the spirit and how the spirit guides one in these practical, magical solutions. And So with that, I will say I do offer services. (laughs) Like, how do I transition? Um, I do offer services. If you go to marfatarot.com, you can book a tarot reading with me. You can also email me if you have any questions and would like to set up a time to do a consult if you would like me to do a working for you. Or if you live in West Texas in Presidio, Alpine, Marfa, Fort Davis, Fort Stockton, Van Horn, Jeff Bezos, hit me up. Um, I can do house cleansings and blessings and protection workings. Um, so marfatero.com. And there are also products on there as well. And the Psalms book is a hit. It's been almost a year since I put out the Psalms book. And I have sold 50 copies, or just about 50 copies, which is amazing that um, I was able to I put this book together when I was undergoing the six month purification of Abermelon and really just made it for myself because I wanted a categorized outline of like if I wanted a protection spell or I wanted a money spell or a love spell or favor that I could just look in a table of contents and then actually just flip to the section. So it's a categorized use of the Psalms and I made it for myself. And then last year I got copies printed just from the local print shop and have already sold almost 50 copies and so if you would like to get your own personal copy go to marfatero.com. and that's that's it with the promo except it's not because if you can go over to youtube and I do a weekly tarot reading which is fun and regularly I do a collective prayer which is blessings for everybody who listens um, because we know that where two or more are gathered there I am in the midst, and that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So. <clears throat> so, before sitting down to record this podcast, I was asking, Higher Power, what should I talk about? And the word that came to mind was surrender. And I know it's something that I talk about regularly. And I think it's something that's every time I'm reminded of this concept of surrendering, it feels like a cool refreshment of water. And when I think about one of the mysteries of the Sphinx is about silence and the virtue of silence and it goes back to what I was mentioning at the beginning with the ego and surrendering the ego. When I was doing stand-up comedy it was all ego driven. It was all about look at me let me convince you of this thing let me uh preach to you in a comedic way um and then even off the stage the networking the claw the clawing your way to the top the being fake and overly on like just being on um, a lot of that for me was very ego-driven and there was a lot of fear attached to that and a lot of comparison. And I read this book that my good friend Drew Dowdy gave to me, shout out to Drew Doughty, uh, called Ego is the Enemy. And it, the author pulls on this concept that I, I've heard elsewhere about, Turning the results over. So rather than getting super excited, like when a set goes really well, being neutral, whether the set goes well or or you bombed. Um, and so turning the results over, meaning it's not about the results. It's about just doing the work. Because the high that you get, or the high that I would get, speak for myself, right? The high with, that I would get from having a really good set or getting validation or the high that I would get from getting high, it's like, all of that is fleeting and left me constantly chasing more. Um, and you know, thinking about this podcast too, I've I've been doing it pretty consistently for five years now. I think this is like about the time that I started about five years ago. And just keeping my head down and doing the work and that it's, it's not about, I mean, yes, the listeners are increasing and all of that, but that it's really just I'm just doing it like and I, I'm, I guess I'm sharing this so that um, because I find inspiration from people who are just doing what they're doing and enjoying what they're enjoying. And I think our sick society tells us that that more validation is better. That more anything is better. And obviously we do love more. We do love abundance and all of that. But we also love balance. We love ma'at and finding that place of as I receive that so too do I give. And that as I give so too do I receive. And finding that balance point in between. And listening less and less to what the outside world has to say about who I am and how I need to be and what I need to do and what I need to say and how I need to look because it's so fickle like when I used to have an eating disorder and I think back on it I think how sick the society is that portrays it's less so than it used to be but that would portray women looking a certain way and really emphasizing that super thin look the you know, the cocaine, the coke or the Adderall look and really obscuring the reality. And so it's like making women feel bad about themselves and their bodies. Um, some say that society despises women and i think that there's a shift happening where the divine feminine is waking up and you know speaking out more and i think that one could make an argument that a society that tells you that you're not enough is feeding on your insecurities and by feeding on your insecurities I mean they're literally feeding off of your energy and leaving you depleted and so I find it very refreshing to spend less time on my phone less time on social media less time comparing myself less time shopping um because all of that is reinforcing a message that I'm not enough. And guess what? I am enough. And so are you. And within many religions, there are mystical layers that can be revealed. And as many of you know, I thoroughly enjoy the Bible in a non-religious way. I look at the wisdom of scripture to help give me guidance. Since I was raised as a person of the book, then I continue to benefit from its wisdom. And let's see. I wanted to read a scripture from 1 Corinthians 13. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. So, a little backstory. <clears throat> Many of you know I am in recovery. I um, am a recovering drug addict. And so, it shouldn't be surprised that I've done a lot of cocaine, not as much as some people, but I've probably done more acid than most people. And I've probably done more cocaine than most people, but not as much as some people. Nonetheless, nonetheless, yesterday, I, okay, so I brushed my teeth with baking soda, right? Because the fluoride that they put in toothpaste calcifies your pineal gland and which is your third eye and keeps you from, makes it more difficult to recognize um, your God consciousness. And yes, they put fluoride in the water as well and they say that it's good for your teeth, Um, but that is not so. So, um, So, I brush my teeth with baking soda. Yesterday, I was like pouring some baking soda in my mouth just to rinse my mouth, to refresh it, and was thinking about cocaine, obviously. And um, this scripture came to mind. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And it was interesting that the Spirit brought that scripture to mind when I was thinking about cocaine. And I like that analogy because I don't like the shame associated with drug use. And that can be a little bit of a problem because when I was using drugs, I was like, drugs aren't morally, ethically bad. I can do whatever I want. And, but I, I had no fear of God, if you will. Um, I didn't know that over time doing drugs regularly was gonna degrade other areas of my life. And especially when you're like under the influence and then it gets into your blood chemistry, then it really starts to cloud your ability and um, decision-making skills. And all of a sudden then I'm compromising and I'm putting myself in compromising situations and I don't care and then my whole like morality gets skewed and I start to value certain things people and conversations and really was selling myself short because I wasn't recognizing the divine light that was within me that I'm already enough and that in fact that I'm I'm better without the use of drugs and so when I think about using cocaine And then putting it down and putting down the acid and the Adderall and the alcohol and whatever else you would put in front of me, the marijuana and the Xanax, as I put those things away, then I get to develop and I get to grow as a wise person. And I love this term development, it comes up a lot in the Book of Gates, which is an Egyptian funerary text. And the it, it refers to the adept or the magician or the mystic as the developing one. And so when I put away the childish things, then it allows me to develop and to grow. And so maybe we don't have to attribute guilt and shame to the use of drugs or people who use drugs. Usually people who use drugs are doing so for a reason. Um, usually because they don't have the skills to cope with certain trauma. And so really judging a drug addict um, is just a reflection of your own inner judgment towards yourself. And it's also like nobody else's business. Um, what I've learned in Al-Anon is that Um, you know there's two types of business right there's my business and then there's none of my business so putting the judgment aside of if I have a friend that relapses or whatever that it's definitely not my business and I can pray for people who struggle and I can be compassionate and ultimately I can really only focus on my own self and my own path and journey. And part of that is also surrendering the ego, right? Because the arrogance of, let me tell you what you should do and let me help. And, you know, it's like, that's arrogant because then you're basically like sending the message that like, there's something wrong with the other person. And, and, Ultimately, there's really not, because ultimately everything is God. Ultimately, Um, it says in the scripture, the light and the dark are both alike to God. So, and we're all developing, and this life is not the only one, and so we have many lifetimes that we get to try new things, and then that helps to mitigate some of the feelings of despair, and not in a um, aloof sort of way, but in a surrendering sort of way, in a turning it over to God of what we don't know. There's so much that we don't know, and it's a good place to be at, to be able to ask for wisdom and guidance just one step at a time, and that we're only given what we can handle for this day. And then if we feel like we can't do it on our own, then we can ask for help from wise counsel or a higher power. And that's part of the surrendering of the ego is being like, hi, um, I need to talk about something and um, can you just hold space without giving me advice or just allow me to say this out loud and really allowing ourselves to rely on each other. And that it may be if you feel like that you don't have anybody in your life that is really trustworthy, you know, really think about maybe that there's one person or, um, maybe start to seek out somebody, maybe you have an animal or a tree, right? Like we don't have to just talk to human beings, that nature gives us wisdom and the blessed mother gives us wisdom. And so spending time in nature in the grass or getting fresh air or going to the ocean can give us some clarity and direction in our lives too. And another aspect of surrender that I was thinking about was how because I love to read, right? Like I'm a big, I'm a big book person and I, how important it is for me as a developing one to, to both study, but also to do the thing. (laughs) It's like, Cause I could, I could talk a talk all day, right? Like I could, I could go to meetings, right? If you're in the, I have a lot of listeners from the 12 steps, which I love, um, is that like, you can go to meetings all day, like, and many of us have, right? (laughs) When we first get clean, we like literally go to meetings all day. Um, But eventually you're going to need to put pen to paper and start doing step work, right? Like, So it's not just about studying or like saying, oh, I'm going to do this thing. Oh, I want to start my own business. I want to do this. It's like eventually I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is, which is in my mouth, which is a really weird saying. Um, So I wanted to read from the book of James in the New Testament, Um, James 1 Verses twenty two Well, let's just say twenty two. I think that Okay. James one twenty two But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror and then forgetting your reflection. Which actually is interesting because James and that the Scripture from 1 Corinthians also talks about a mirror. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about we see through a mirror dimly. And then in James, it's talking about how if we are only hearers of the word and not doers, we it's like a man who looks at himself in the mirror and walks away and forgets what he looks like. <clears throat> but keeping it a little bit more simple is be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So in my own, this is a challenge for me. This is all of, all of this that I'm talking about is really just what I'm going through. And, uh, if you get something out of it, that's awesome. Um, or if you just enjoy hearing my face or whatever, um, (laughs) so anyway, so, um, being a doer of the word is that I'm not just studying these practices. It's the doing part, right? Like it's like the actions speak louder than the words. It's that if I want to be this thing that I'm developing towards, that means that sometimes I'm going to have to wake up earlier than I want to. And sometimes I'm going to have to delete Instagram from my phone so that I can focus on actually doing things that are worthwhile and that I'm going to need to have a set schedule I'm gonna need to be regimented in my practices studies and writing and all of that and the difficulty of the thing is the thing that refines you like the difficulty of doing the word and not just hearing the word that's the grindstone that's the flame the purification um in um I've I've heard David Hyam Smith talk about um, the concept of Mercury as being extremely toxic and how in the alchemization of the soul that the grunt work is the shadow side of spiritual progress. So a lot of people, myself included, I have been there, you know, want to appear a certain way spiritually or to appear as wise or enlightened. For me, I was just on a lot of psychedelics. And I know that that's probably a very common thing. People take mushrooms and then all of a sudden they meditate for 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, you know, spiritual progress but but there is a shadow side to the spiritual progress and that is the grunt work and that's the writing of the 12 steps that's the calling a sponsor that's the getting a therapist that's the um sitting down and actually meditating um that's pausing and listening before responding it's acting and moving from a place of humility and, as my sponsor says, acting my way into right thinking. It's doing the right thing for the right reason, even if I don't want to. That's the grunt work that refines us, and that's we don't hear a lot about that in a lot of the New Age um manifestation just set your mind on the positive things that you want and that's fine like it really is fine um but for those of us who are developing there is that shadow side and my guess is that if you're listening to this podcast you've experienced a bit of that shadow side and you know that that's what this is is a constant journey into the underworld and finding a balance between the journeys into the underworld and the Lord of mercy and recognizing that they're actually not really that different really and then I have this quote from David Hyam Smith since we're on this topic I have it on a post-it here on my mirror He says, it's not an escapist philosophy. We are directly dealing with the most unpleasant parts of reality. We're not turning away. Turning away from it would just put it off for another time. And that's true in life and in death. Because even if in this life we choose to just stay high or we choose to just stay on our phones or not deal with reality and its rawness. Then we'll just put it off for something we'll have to deal with in our next life. So why not seize the day and do a little bit of work today to confront reality? And here's the good news is that the more you do it, the better... the. I wouldn't say the easier it gets... But the more strength that you build in doing it, and so then it becomes less, and this is my experience today, okay? So again, in 10 years from now, I might be like, I was a little naive, Um, but based on my experience today and having done a lot of shadow work and a lot of work on myself up to this point... Is that now I recognize the necessity of doing that work when it comes up. And I have the strength and experience to know that things are going to get better when I do that work. So that's part of surrender for me. Is surrendering the easy way. Surrendering the distractions. And putting the nose to the grindstone. And grinding away uh, the weed in order to build. Or in order to, you know, bake the bread and in order to refine and to develop is surrendering the mundane automatic programming and facing the challenges with love and compassion for myself and for all. And really learning the depths of what that compassion really means. That it's not just about giving everything to somebody else because you feel bad for them. Sometimes compassion is letting other people learn their lessons. And that brings us back to, you know, there's two types of business. There's my business and then there's none of my business. And it's none of my v- business how somebody else is developing in their path. It's none of my business to... Um, what anybody else is doing. It's that is my side of the street clean? Is my house in order? And then when I'm focused on my own work or my own creativity then I'm not worried about what somebody else is doing. And in fact, oftentimes when we intercede and we try to tell other people what to do or how to live their lives or try to control or manipulate other people, we're acting out of arrogance and oftentimes end up causing more harm to the people that we are that we think that we're trying to help. So I think a hands-off approach oftentimes is a good one unless the spirit guides along the way. And that's also part of surrender is becoming the vessel for the divine to flow through rather than acting out on what I think and my best ideas and you know so because if it's meant to be then it'll be and I don't have to try to force anything right now I don't have to try to like say something right this moment unless the spirit speaks through me to say it because today I'm trying to cause more coherence in the world rather than disharmony and discord and I find that I um bristle when I feel like I'm being preached at um especially if it's something that I already know. And a lot of times that's, it's a residual echo of reaping something that I had sown a long time ago of acting like that. And so sometimes I get to see a mirror in somebody else who tries to tell me what to do or how I should be. And, And that mirror shows me that I'm grateful that I don't have to act like that anymore today. And there is that notion again of reaping and sowing. And so sometimes what we're experiencing today in our lives are, is a result of seeds that we had sown a long time ago. And so sometimes, even if we might be on the path now, um, and, um, and, and shit is like happening, um, sometimes those things just need to cycle through and that we need to just keep doing the work and trust and have faith that, God's mercy endures forever and that God is not going to give us anything that we can't handle and that um, all is well. All is truly well and all is going to be well and um, even if it doesn't feel like it is, I do believe and maintain that there is a greater source that is at play that whenever we die that we have a safe refuge and a safe home and that in fact is already within us within that light that is our true nature and we are always safe and this physical body is not all there is and so be not afraid do not fret it only causes harm and surrender (laughs) there's so much that we can't control like there's so much that I can't control in my own life when you know what I can do is just do my part in my own work and when I feel confused or like I don't know where to go the next step to take then I go out in nature or I get on my knees and I ask for help and guidance and I I try to just let all the thoughts and thinking and the confusion fade away and I get into a place of stillness and I listen for that guidance. So I hope you enjoyed this. Um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention uh, this season of a thousand serious moves. We're driving into the practical and magical uses of herbs and plants and spices and today's herb of the day spice of the day plant of the day is Irish moss if you couldn't guess it by the intro poem and so ding dong Irish moss so according to Herbally Yours by Penny C. Royale Irish moss is great if you have bad breath If you are obese, if you have thyroid issues, and it's good for the respiratory tract. um, Because Irish moss is high in iodine, so it's good for the thyroid. So if you have any thyroid issues, I am not a doctor. But, you know, maybe a little Irish moss tea. I don't know. Ask your doctor or do whatever you want. Um, I'm not a doctor. And then according to the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham, magically Irish moss can be carried or placed beneath rugs to increase luck and ensure a steady flow of money into the house or pockets of the person. So add a little Irish moss to your, under your rug or in your pockets to bring in some extra good luck. And you can carry with you on your trip to bring you safety and you could also recite, there's lots of Psalms for protection and safety while traveling, I think Psalm 27 is one of them. Purchase the Psalm, Magical Psalms book and you will you can even look, there's a whole section on protection and traveling, <clears throat> And oh Psalm 34. Um, and so you could recite one of those Psalms over the Irish Moss and carry it with you because it's always great to activate our herbs as we use them. Um, so that they can be charged and know what their task is because plants are alive, even ones that are dry. And before I do our final concluding poem, thank you for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends, share on social media if you'd like, um, head on over to YouTube. You can subscribe on there and check out the video companion as well as the weekly tarot reading. And you can book your tarot reading with me or purchase your Magical Psalms book at marfatarot.com. And without further ado, here is our poem for Irish Moss. For money, luck, and protection. Irish Moss helps you go the right direction. Yes, this mossy friend from the Emerald Isle will bring in money for a while. Simply sprinkle a bit beneath your rugs and surely your home shall increase in luck. Or if you are a bit obese, some irish moss may help your weight decrease if you're traveling along the way carry irish moss to keep you safe or if your breath is quite a mess drink a tea of this moss and you shall be blessed